Hello. Hello. <laughs> Greetings. Um, you are very welcome to join us on Family Life. This is uh, Alistair and Tom coming at you, speaking to you. Coming at, at you. Coming at you from circa late 90s. <laughs> Cleopatra coming at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch us wreck the mic. <laughs> oh my word. I'm, I'm so... I'm so from Hertfordshire. I'd like to think if we planted the church in the late 90s, you and I would have been the PJ and Duncan of Catch Fire London. Yeah. I remember watching the episode of PJ and Duncan where, uh, not, no, um, what was it? Bite Bike Grove. Bite, uh, Grove. Bite Grove. When he lost his his, uh, his eyes. Uh, I actually spent a long time talking to someone about how growing up in the UK, it's John Peters, if you're listening, John Peters, shout out. He was talking about paintballing and I was saying how yeah. every safety briefing references that episode. My eyes, PJ, no! <laughs> it's just seared onto the memories of all uh, circa late 90s kids. And uh, I think given how multicultural uh, and how many different nations are in our church, I imagine that that reference has been felt and experienced by everyone. Hey, if you're interested, contact me. I'll send you a link to the YouTube clip. The, the scene is on YouTube and it will just it will expand your horizons into yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, the production values are very high. Yeah. Um, you know, one day we're going to get past the introduction without going on a tangent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But today is not think, that day. I think when, when Kate's here, I think she's much better at bringing us back in. But um, she's not here, so we're going to talk about Biker Grove. Yeah, yeah this okay. is true. Um, so, yes, we do our recordings. Um, we're meant to do them like on a Monday or a Tuesday and they don't often happen on a Monday and Tuesday because busyness and people are in and we've had two conferences and all the rest of it but the the goal is actually for this to be a representation of our leadership in the church uh, we will perhaps be able to handcuff Kiki and drag her into the room at some point and get her on the podcast. I'm genuinely excited because we never edit these so I'm genuinely excited to see what will happen. when. That's we not true we do edit them sometimes. Do we? Yeah okay. yeah they don't sound all those big long pauses when we don't know what to say are all anyway <laughs> I was just thinking I never have the trouble with not knowing what to say I think more the question is should it be said should it be said yeah. and why was it said <laughs> um, so some family news uh, yes. we have had a really good couple of weeks we had the church birthday we had Mark Dupont which we obviously talked about last week um, then we had uh, Isabel three new babies Wow, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we should say, because I'm not sure if they're all public, but there are three... Three new, new humans. Three new, as yet, untithing members of Catch Fire London. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be talking to them soon, don't worry. Yeah, it's never too never too early to tithe. <laughs> it's true. Um, so, yeah, so uh, the church is growing, yeah, biologically. Come on. Come on. Um, so that's really cool. Um, we had Isabel Allen, um, dear, dear friend of the church, mm. with us. Um Last week, we went to uh, St. Albans Vineyard uh, to do a conference, a prophetic conference there, which was amazing. Um, Shout out, Catch Fire Ministries UK. Yeah, yeah. They great, did a, they did a job really good job. It, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been organizing a pastoral training day, which if you're listening and you're thinking, that sounds fun, it will be, and it will be helpful as well. Um, on the 26th of October, we're having a... Uh, day with mercy ministries who are going to come down and do a day of pastoral training now it's not mercy uh, the boats that they send out to different ports to sort of send humanitarian yeah, the pastoral aid. training day isn't in sierra leone yeah but but these guys amazing ministry um pastoral ministry to churches and they're going to come down and talk about how to help people how to help people with life controlling issues um how to help people who are in repetitive cycles um it's going to be helpful if you're a you know doing ministry of any kind i think it's just gonna be really helpful if you have like friends um who have issues and yeah. you find yourself trying to help your mate who's just going through the same thing so um 26th of october you can find that out on church street 
come along. My point for mentioning that was um, I'm not an event organiser by any means, and just even getting a room for like 50 people to do an event has sort of required somebody to come and rescue me and help me do it. Whereas mm. Dan and the team, they do this all the time, and they it was just amazing. And Isabel, her teaching and the worship, it was it was great. I, I really encountered God yeah. on it. So. Likewise. Yeah, so um, so that's been going on. Um, some things going on in the background. Uh, a few months, about a month ago or so, maybe a month and a half ago, Tom, myself, Kate, and our media team went to a lovely location of one of our church members, beautiful, rustic-looking house, and we re-recorded the lead course, and we are currently in the process of putting that together. Um, it was four sessions before, um, recorded in our office. It's now going to be 10 sessions. Uh, it's got teaching. It's got some roundtable discussions about the teaching um, and some uh, some sort of fireside chats, I guess, mm. without the fire. For bonus points, when you watch the lead course, you can see if you can try and guess which member of the team forgot we were recording that day and is therefore dressed slightly less formally than the rest of the members of the team. I don't think there'll be any points for guessing who that person is. Um, but yes, we, we, it's, it's, it's not all that hard to see. Um, but we're going to be releasing that soon. Um, and it's, it's really, it just looks beautiful. The quality is really yeah, great. Um, and it's going to be, again, a bit like the training that I talked about. It's going to be um, helpful if you're in leadership, helpful if you're just in relationship with people because it's about loving people and empowering them and helping people get friends alongside them rather than you being the one who rescues all the time and you directing them to God rather than you being God in their life, you know, being the fixer. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, we have a finances course that we're also going to be announcing soon. It's actually, I think, on the leader suitcase on our website already. If you go to the media tab um, and it's John and Liz Pizza talking about um, godly finances and three easy bite-sized sessions. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's a ton of stuff. Um, our hospitality team's growing. You can get involved in that. Um, our youth team is growing. You can get involved in that. Um, yeah, it feels just like there's a load of stuff happening at the moment. Yeah. Is that it's awesome. I, I, I noticed you picked up your phone and I, just because Holy Spirit spoke to me and I wanted to write it down. So if, right. if you prefer, I just ne neglect the voice of Holy Spirit to listen to you bloviate about stuff, then I'm, I'm happy to do that. Actually, what Jesus was just talking to me about was the cost of discipleship because I was thinking about all these things that Alistair's talking about all these opportunities to be discipled um, and I just wrote down you don't you don't get to be discipled without responding to the call to leave your nets and follow Christ and how there's a there's a there's a, a, a doorway into discipleship which is through the door of obedience to, to follow and be discipled so yeah that's oh. why I was just jotting down so sorry I wasn't no, that's sorry, okay. I zoned out a little bit but I I just assumed you were taking your turn on the latest mobile game yes. or whatever. But um, hey, it's me and the listener. We were we were enjoying ourselves. Point being, I think Alice has made very well. There's many 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 opportunities to engage with church life, to get involved with what's going on. Lots of opportunities to be poured into, and lots of opportunities for you to serve. And so, yeah, it's it's exciting that there's lots of touch points and lots of yeah. opportunities for people to be part of family. Yeah, and I think um, just before we open up the Bible, um, open up our apps. Um, I, uh, it was something that definitely was coming out of me on Sunday morning when I preached and I would, I would be very, I never like highlighting and saying, oh, you should listen to my talk about, you know, whatever. Um, I'm still, that's the sonship journey I'm still going on. 
but recognizing okay the lord did use me in whatever circumstance that's something that we all need to sort of um be able to do and i know for me that the the talk that i did on sunday morning um which is on the podcast um the sermon podcast really felt like putting some meat on the bones for talking about what our new vision what our reframe vision looks like mm. and really the the what i think the biggest uh take home i got from my own message was this really has to be a partnership of all of us gone are the days when it's a phenomenal charismatic leader who can do all things inspire everybody do it all on their own lead the charge and everybody else just kind of uh you know follows and gets in line it i I feel like that type of church yields far less um depth far less intimacy um far less real true kingdom expansion than the type of church where the believers each one are picking up their shovel or picking up their sword and owning the vision personally and and extending the kingdom and you know i just i just feel that um i just feel really excited that god has sort of said this will this will work when you're all individually sold out for it when you're all taking ownership and saying this is my city this is my street these are my neighbors these are my co-workers this is my um opportunity to step into god and and i don't need the superstar leader to be the one being moses on the mountain for me you know i think that's 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 uh, that's what was coming out of me so yeah that was a, um, a little bit longer than I meant to say. Though, no, no, but, it's good. Um, it's good. We're either in it together or we're all just part of a club and there's a leader of the club. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's good. So, we're going to dive into Ephesians. Oh, do you know what? Did I? No, carry on. Carry on. <laughs> I'm just slightly concerned that I may have suggested to Tom that we did this whole section of Ephesians and I was just in the wrong chapter. <laughs> so, we are in the right chapter. We finished with God's God's workmanship, didn't we? Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna pick up, and um, I wonder, Tom, if you can read in a second. We, we if you've been listening to a few of these, you'll know that we've been doing it verse by verse, or even half a verse at a time, because some of the theology is just so so rich. Um, but this next section actually, I think, bears talking about in one big go and reading in one big go. So if you have your Bibles in front of you. Um, Father, I just pray that you would bless us and just give us revelation, Lord, just through the Logos, through the Rhema, that you would just speak your words and we would just listen and something, Lord, of revelation of heaven would just land in our hearts and we can just, even in a in a few short moments of getting into your word, Lord, that it would be so life-giving mm. and so fruitful. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we thank you so much for the word, Lord. Open it up to our hearts right now, we pray. Mm. Amen. Uh, so yeah, Ephesians two, uh, verse eleven to. Poor man's audio bible. You don't get Samuel L. Jackson or Leonard Nimoy. You get. Oh, Leonard Nimoy. That'd be great for yeah, a bible. Be a great bible. Anyway, let's just spend a moment pondering on that. Ephesians two, verses eleven to twenty-two through twenty-two. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. 
But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. Come on. That's really good. That's really good. I it's such a it's such a, a meshing of different imagery. Mm. You know, we're we're in one body, we're two bodies being brought into one, you know, Christ is the cornerstone and we're we're a building mm-hmm. um, and, you know, we're a dwelling place that, you know, the Spirit of God's going to be poured in. We're not foreigners or aliens. We're citizens. You know, it's kind of, it feels like nine different ways of trying to say, will you get this oneness thing, mm. you know? Um, what what initially I started thinking about just at the start when he was talking about the circumcision, the uncircumcision, the Gentiles and the um, God's chosen nation was... Um, the last couple of days we've been at the Partners in Harvest conference and uh, there were two leaders from a church in Israel who were coming and sharing. And um, just while, uh, you know, he was talking about we're surrounded by people who hate our nation. We are um, in sort of constant sense of conflict with um, people very close to us who uh, are attacking our nation and as messianic jews we are we feel rejection from the very people you know who are our people and it's like we are very accustomed to um rejection suspicion and you know you name it and i was just thinking um i guess we don't use the 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 term messianic jews very often Mm. in the west you know you kind of believe in jesus you're a christian Mm. you know and just hearing these guys saying no we're jews and we believe in Jesus. Mm. And I just thought, man, you just must read the Bible so differently, knowing that it's about you, like God is talking about you as the chosen nation, because we read it with, we are the, the Gentiles, we're grafted in, we're, um, you know, we get to partake of the new covenant, and um, we have, you know, God's covering has been extended over us. And that feels incredible, that feels amazing. But just, imagining what it's like to sort of read you know god's chosen people israel and know you're an israelite Mm. you know i just i just was sat there and i was just thinking man you you just must read the bible so different Uh, or it just must have a nuance that that it in the same way maybe he could say i'm not a gentile so when i read when i think of the you know the the words that paul uses in ephesians 2 you know you've you've been brought in um uh, you're in, you know, you were once far, but you've been brought near by the blood of the sacrifice. I wonder if they would think that must be amazing for us to read because now it's talking about us and not talking mm. about them. Yeah. Um, 
you know, obviously we're all partakers. Um, but yeah, I, that just it just really got me because I never really thought of the Jewish perspective. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's so, interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. The whole Messianic Jews versus Christians thing as well. I've never not versus as in you know the two different in ways. In the red right? corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. It just is. You're right. It's not a term that we would we would use perhaps much in our in our context or setting. And so yeah, it's a, it's interesting. Yeah. What What do you feel about? Um, for you personally about oneness um, because you know you've been in this movement for a long time it's one of the core messages mm. um, we've seen many of us have seen the visual demonstration that you know your hand with the father's hand the spirit's hand the yeah. son's hand on top uh, the you know Duncan's analogy of the melding together and the fusing um, like on a on a day to day basis, when you got in your car and you drove to work this morning, like what what does oneness mean to you on a on a on a very base level? Mm. Yeah, I mean certainly for me, that and Luke fifteen, uh, those two messages when I first uh, did my first ever leader school with Catch the Fire, which was the first Catch the Fire thing I ever went to, um, were, were the two monumental moments for me. Um, the the truth of seeing. God as the running father, mm. um, you know, running to cover my shame and, and the truth of uh, knowing, as Stu would put it, that we are now the living, breathing, walking, talking headquarters for the Trinity on Earth. Yeah. Um, you know, it changed. It changed so much. It changed the way I went about decision making. It changed my attitude to sin. It changed my mm. attitude to insecurities to do with healing and prophesying. And like it, it, you know, we use the term game changer so often, but to come into that revelation that the fullness of the deity dwells in Christ and Christ lives in us. I mean, it's one of those things that I'd understood conceptually, yeah. but actually seeing Duncan do that demonstration with the three hands and coming on the, the, the human hand and it being one hand and just, I mean, for me, whenever I've preached that, I've preached that in front of 612 year olds at New Wine. I've preached that in front mm. of a hundred people in a church in rural uh, Kenya. I've preached that, you know, yeah. all over the place. Like universal. Yeah, that demonstration never fails to, you know, there are some moments where you know it's a home run in, in the sense that not like I've done well, but you know that's going to be yeah. the moment in yeah. the talk where the light bulb comes on for people. And so, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful picture. And, and I guess here, the you know, we've got the kind of the three ways you can read this. I always remember um, Paul Dancy, bless him, I don't know if you remember Paul yeah, and yeah, Dancy. Yeah. And, he used to critique my sermons theologically and oh, uh, terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's you know, a lo- amazing Bible translator. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just knows his stuff. He knows his stuff, and it was amazing. He was always so kind, and you know, I was starting out back in those days, and you know, there was a lot to critique, and uh, <laughs> often the thing he would say was right message, wrong passage. Huh. Love your love your message, hundred hundred percent biblically sound. However, the, the need we often have to try and back up a verse, yeah. back up our message with a verse. And, and I remember preaching oneness out of, out of this section and he was like, you know, that is, that is a biblical truth, but there's actually three ways you can read this. The, obviously, the, the main context is Jews and Gentiles. You've then got um, the, the, the sinners lost being you know, brought in mm. um, to Christ. And then you've, you've also got this kind of war in ourselves between the flesh and the spirit. And you know, you know, bringing down the dividing wall of hostility. And so it's just interesting kind of reading this. And there's so many, like you said, so many different analogies, but there's so many different applications as well. Um, you've kind of got it on a global scale. You've got it on a um, theological kind of soteriological scale. Yeah. And then you've got it personally within me, this kind of need for, you know, the parts of me that are disparate and 
disconnected to be brought back together yeah um and unity in my you know my mind my soul my body yeah. um, my spirit and so yeah it's just it's, it's just so rich i love it and it's it's got i know that it's something you've preached a lot before about the now and the not yet kingdom mm. um and it's something that as i've been doing some of my own uh teaching recently i've i've been really conscious about the fact that we talk about the 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 sort of turmoil that the soul can go through and the the constant sort of pinballing around the emotional spectrum mm. but the security yeah. the security of the spirit that dwells in the house that's you know in the heavenly places and both are true mm. um and uh, i keep coming back to this i don't I, I don't know if i coined this or not but you know this the the idea that we often say you know longest journey from the head to the heart mm. um and i'm thinking more and more well the longest journey is kind of like from the soul to the spirit the spirit to the soul mm. or like hey my spirit gets it yeah and isn't freaking out because it's had the sort of full revelation and there are moments where i sort of my spirit and i are kind of one um but my soul all of that stuff is 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 still experiencing things on a you know day-to-day -day basis and still learning mm. still maturing still growing and just even looking at this, you know, you, you go through this, this chapter, uh, this section, and it's, you know, you've, you've been called to be one. You're, you, you were far, now you're close. You know, you, um, uh, you've, he's, creating, he's created in himself one new man in the place of two, uh, that we would be reconciled. There's a lot of kind of, uh, I mean, in the tenses, I'd, I'd have to go through and look at the Greek, but in the tenses, there's a lot of, uh, you know, past tense, it's happened, it's mm. been done. And then right at the end you get in him you're being built together into a dwelling place by god mm. uh by this for god by the spirit and that's well that's that's in process that's happening that's to come mm. and so you've been made one you are one and united with christ and you're being built into a dwelling place for him mm. uh, so am i yeah am i done uh, am i completely one uh because if i'm completely one then surely i'm a i'm a watertight dwelling place for him yeah. Like no, you're being built into that. That's that's coming. It's happening, and I'm sure a theologian much cleverer than I would would sort of say, well, you know, in this way it's absolutely yes, and in this way it's absolutely a work in progress. Yeah. It's both and. Um, but the idea that that this deal, this this security that we have in Jesus has been um, achieved. The regeneration has happened um, for those who accept God and accept what Jesus has done and it's a done deal you you are you are in Christ you are hidden in him but the construction site that is your life that is being made into a dwelling place and all of the rest of it yeah that's very much underway progress is going well but mm -hmm. you know estimated time of completion yeah you know and and for me there's both I think there's both like security in that and there's also like mm. um I I uh, an abiding mystery that I can't untangle you yeah. know it's like the like the when my two sets of headphones in my bag get caught up with one another <laughs> it's like the mystery of life made out of headphones that's <laughs> well my first world problems yeah <laughs> my multiple headphones are tangled yeah yeah well, i mean it's it's the do you know what i mean yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's the mystery element is legitimate sure and 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 salvifically the, the the state of our salvation is the biggest or the most common now and not yet tension we live in and I've, I've taught on this before at catch fire london i'm going to ask you to say that word again salvifically <laughs> Of salvation, so talking about <laughs> salvation. Tom and I like to like to give attention, due attention to good words. That good words, use. excellent. Right. Yes. Carry on. I apologise for using bloviate in your no, no, earlier no, as well. That's quite right. It's it's the biggest now and not yet because you have been saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. 
And so I believe that there's a there's a tension that we walk in of, um, I believe our spirit, at the point we get saved, our spirit is made perfect. You are completely one with Christ in your spirit. Your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions are in the process of being saved, which is sanctification. You're being made more like Christ every day. You take up your cross, a bit more of the flesh dies. Mm -hmm. And then one day your body will be saved when you enter yeah. glorification. And so it's this weird tension of like, I know I'm one with Christ, yet I know there is more oneness with Christ that I need to attain. Yeah. And I know one day I will be fully one with Christ. And so that weird tension that we're always walking in of that which we've grasped and attained already, we are yet to grasp and attain. Yeah. And it's just it's just a bizarre I mean, it's, it's it's on one on one level it's it is comforting and on one level it's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, and I and and I think that's you know, probably the design of God that that we're never allowed to keep too comfortable. Yeah, that's um, what makes it a walk of faith. As soon as I get comfortable with something, I I do a quick analysis. I work out what the steps were that got me to the good place, and before you know it, I've made a formula. I've made a pattern. Mm. I've made something that I can now put my trust in, and it may as well be a golden calf. You know. Yeah. Um. So, I think that's really just talking about the golden calf the other day. I was reading uh, the other day with the golden calf. I've never read the bit before where Moses melts it down and makes them drink it. Yeah, I saw that as well. It's so intense. I know, I saw that. It's like, you know, when the dog poops in the garden where you don't want it to and you rub its nose in it. I'm just like, imagine if we had that approach to like, I, yeah. people's mistake, hey, don't worry, you're forgiven, but we're just going to melt this down and force you to drink it now. Yeah, I, I, I read that as well and I was just like, how did, what did that look like? Was it like a drop in a glass of water? For, you know, glass of water, so what I'm talking about, yeah. they're in the desert. Yeah. You know, well, or was it literally that? They were drinking yeah. malt. I mean, because that's going to kill everyone yeah. who drinks it. So yeah, I, I was. That's like volts. That escalated quickly. Yeah, that was. It's one of those things that you laugh about now, and you're like, yeah. If I was a fly on the wall, that would probably be a horrendous yeah. situation so to be observing. Well, we're going to end on that beautiful moment. <laughs> on that bombshell. Um, <laughs> uh, Anton always asks me, "What should we call the podcast afterwards?" And I'm like, "What's one of the last things we talked about?" I'm not going to suggest drink, drink the gold. Like, <laughs> it should be called drink your golden calf juice box. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's an idea. Well, blessings to you, family. Yes, have a lovely week. Um, pray for us, uh, Tom and I, and Stu and Chloe, and uh, Kate and Matt, and uh, Fillion's, I think maybe Steve, Steve. Abby. So yeah, a whole bunch of our team are going away next week for a, um, a time with other Catch Fire leaders. Um, All the pastors and team from yeah, around the world. And um, it's an amazing opportunity to grow um, with each other as a team. Mm. Um, there's so many things that we've done in London because one of our colleagues in Raleigh or Toronto said, you should try this and yeah. you should do this ministry. And uh, there's ministries that are happening around the world. Uh, Sydney Catch Fire are doing immersion days because we had a good Skype with them one day mm. and they said let's do that so you're part of a global family and it's a privilege for us to be able to spend time with them but please do pray for us travelling mercies would be amazing and you guys have got a real treat while we're away you've yeah. got Nick Pengeli coming to preach morning oh, and evening yeah uh, he is phenomenal so yeah it's, it's going to yeah. be great his, one of his last talks on Psalm someone one. Oh my gosh yeah it was so good I still I still think about it like this day I was looking at it the other day well hey bless you family and have an amazing rest of the week two doors